Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back and better than ever, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. My guest on the Goodyear Hotline, and when I say back and better than ever, this time I mean it literally. A delightful week away, but I've said it before, I'll say it again. There's nothing in life better than having a job you're excited to come back from vacation to do, and today we are ready to roll with Giannis rising to the occasion. Rogers sounding like he's coming back. The All-Star break at a fascinating moment and plenty of overseas action to catch your eye. I'm back. Your call's on the way. Let's do it. Explodes toward the basket and stuffed with two hands. They can't stop Giannis tonight. And goes for 41 points, his second straight 40-point finals I'm game. I'm not Michael Jordan. You know, all I care about right now is getting one more. That's all. It begins with Straight Talk, brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless, and the words are simply these. Giannis, I love him. I love that guy. I love the mentality. I love that he stayed in Milwaukee. I love that he's enjoying the moment, that he's living in the present. I love how hard he plays. I love that he isn't begging for Dame Lillard or some other superstar to join him. And most of all, I love that very, very slowly, he is figuring out who he is. Cassidy Hubbard said it great with us on Get Up this morning. When Giannis finally fully figures out that he is Shaq, not Kobe, He could become the best player in the world. I think that's right. He wants to be Kobe, which I can't fault him for because who among us doesn't want to be Kobe? But Giannis isn't that. And as skilled and athletic and awesome as he is, he isn't ever going to be. He is a more gifted, less imposing Shaq. And as he figures that out, he's going to get better, not worse. 41 points last night without a field goal outside the paint. Back-to-back 40-10 games. Is it enough to win the championship? That I don't know. We'll see. I would bet not. But at least it's a series after last night, and we'll talk about it in in far more detail when Zach Lowe joins us in a little while. But I think watching Giannis discovering right before our eyes the best path for him to win, not to be as individually great as he can be, and I don't mean that as a criticism – I mean, he wants to be great so badly. He wants to do all the things the other greats do. But when he figures out, again, as Cass said this morning, that he is more Shaq than he is Kobe, then I think he actually has another gear in him. I think he has a next level he can take it to. He's a two-time league MVP who has taken his team to the NBA Finals, and I think he can get better. Because I think when he figures out that that's where his bread is buttered and gets all the other nonsense out of his game, I think he has a chance to then genuinely become the best player in the league. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. Our buddy Wendy on the Hoops Collective podcast, impressed. That play leads me to believe anything is possible in this series and that Giannis is at the beginning of maybe assembling the type of dominating ability that we've we've known he could have when, when he got the two MVP awards. This is the player at this level that we thought we could have and these last two games I've seen it and that's why I think game four and his performance is potentially a very pivotal moment, um, maybe in NBA history. All right, so I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only one who's thinking that way. Sometimes I fear that I tend to overstate these things, but Wendy is on the same page I am. I feel like we're watching a bit of a transformation in an already great player. Giannis was already a great player. But I think there is that next level he can take it to, and we'll see if he does it. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. Again, Zach Lowe will join us in just a few minutes. We'll get more into that. Meantime, Greenies takes. I'm going to say something that is going to make a lot of people mad at me. 
This is a tradition here with me. I've done it somewhat, I don't know, biannually over the course of the years. I watched the finals of the Euros yesterday. I was rooting for Italy because when it comes to international soccer, I tend to base my fandom on the food. The Italians offer my favorite cuisine on planet Earth. The English offer warm beer and a filet of fish and fries without the bun. That, to me, was an easy choice. But seriously, I'm going to say the ugly American thing here. I'm going to parachute in as I do every couple of years when I pay attention to this and comment on this sport I otherwise do not follow. But I will tell you what I think. And what I think is this. Penalty kicks are to soccer what overtime is to college football, which is to say it's exciting but it is a completely ridiculous way to determine the outcome of something important. I believe my buddy Hembo took this day off in fear of defending his nonsensical tweet yesterday in which he suggested something like penalty kicks are the greatest thing that ever happened to sports. Here's the deal. If you are one who does not like the idea of putting a runner on second base in extra innings, how can you defend this nonsense? That's that's contrived in baseball, but at least they're still playing baseball. Penalty kicks to end a soccer game would be sort of like having a home run derby after 10 innings. Let's play a baseball game. If they go through 10 innings and it's still tied, let's have a home run derby. Actually, that might not be a terrible idea. It's certainly no worse than this is. This would be like having a free throw contest to decide a basketball game. This would be like having the kickers come out and kick field goals to decide a football game. It would be like instead of playing extra holes in golf, they decide to have like some sort of putt into a clown's mouth competition to determine the masters if they're still tied after 72nd hole. It's like throwing a football through a hula hoop. It's like a foot race between each team's heaviest guy. Why don't, instead of having the penalty kicks, why don't we take the heaviest guy on England and the heaviest guy on Italy and have them run a foot race? And whoever runs from one goal to the other winds up winning. To me, those things are equally, are, have equally little to do with what I have spent the last 120 minutes watching than the penalty kicks do. Now, I grant they're extraordinarily exciting. The drama of them is remarkable. And I enjoy watching that too, just like you do, just like everyone else does. But all these other things I just named would be dramatic and exciting too. It doesn't make them a good way to determine the outcome of a game that you're telling me means everything in the world. So that's what I think. Now, I know everyone always gets mad at me when I bring this up because they'll say, Greeny, you don't follow this sport, and now you jump in here every couple of years and you tell us what we're doing wrong. Well, maybe I'm the perfect person to weigh in being the outsider because I'm not too close to it. If you're too close to something, sometimes you, you don't see the forest for the trees. I always say about sports, whenever something is happening in sports that doesn't seem to make sense, I always say, what if someone just arrived on planet Earth? What if, what if aliens from another planet came down to planet Earth and saw the way we do this? What would they change? I think they would change that. I think if they came down from planet Earth, if right now a bunch of people from Mars, two from Neptune, and a guy from Venus showed up and are watching this game in my house yesterday, and they would have said to me, so hold on a second, explain this to me, Greeny. They just played 120 minutes of soccer, these guys beautifully running up and down the field and all, trying to score goals, and now we're going to stop. We're going to let five guys decide this thing by making the goalie stand in place. He can't run over a line. He can't barely move or do anything and let them try and kick it, and we're going to decide that everything that just happened will be dependent on the outcome of this. 
Like when the Italian players came running off the bench yesterday, my first reaction was, that's so anticlimactic, I don't even know what to say. That is my opinion. Let me bring Nuno into the conversation. <laughs> Nuno, many of you may not know, is European. I know I sometimes joke about all of the things in uh, Bubba's life, but Nuno actually was born and raised uh, much of his life in Portugal. You live and die with this stuff. Correct. Nuno, I'm giving you the floor. I grant you know more about it and care more about it than I do. How do you feel about PKs to decide the Euros? Well, I first want to start off by saying if any person showed up from outer space, you're not opening the door. Right, like you're locking the door. You're having stays call the cops. That's like, fair enough. Like they're not coming inside. But this is the best way to end this because you can't play till they tried the golden ball uh, years ago, um, and you know whoever scored an extra time won, um, and then you went to penalties. This is the best way to end it. I don't get frustrated anymore when I see people tweet every you know two years, four years. Hey, penalty. Uh, kicks stink. This uh, penalty kicks are still part of the sport, right? If you get a penalty, you still have to make it. So they're not really changing the way they play the sport like baseball does with the starting on second, you know, on on second base. It's just a necessary evil for this. You can't play until the, you score because you might be there for four or five hours. Okay, I disagree with you that a runner on second base happens in a baseball game more often than a penalty kick happens in a soccer game. So it is every bit as much a part of the game as anything else. And field goals are kicked and all those kinds of things. I, I guess what I'm saying is... But I, not out of nowhere, though, right? It's like you don't start an inning with a... You know, like, f- soccer is continuous, you know. Yeah, but uh, you don't start a, a, a moment with a guy kicking a penalty no, kick No, but it's you hard to do 10 of them consecutively. Listen, at the end of the day, you need to make them. They're very, the numbers say, like, I hate that I'm agreeing with Hembo, uh, but, like, this is the best way to end a, you know, a game like this is uh, you've played for 120 minutes. Like, unfortunately, this is the part, this is part of it. But you keep saying unfortunately as though you are acknowledging with me that it is a, you use the phrase necessary evil. I've never described something I love as a necessary evil. I've never sat and said, oh, chocolate cake after dinner is a necessary evil. No, it's a freaking delight. So either you love <laughs> Yes, but the, the next morning you're like, why did I eat so much? Now I got to work out twice as hard. But which is it? Is our penalty kicks, in your opinion, again, as one, I respect your love for the sport. Are penalty kicks a necessary evil or are they a fabulous, incredible, exciting thing in soccer? If they are a fabulous way to end games, especially when your team is not involved. Okay. When your team is not involved. Who were you rooting for yesterday? I don't even know the answer to that. Who were you rooting All right. for? I was actually rooting for Italy, but it's not because I don't like the English players. I don't like the English fans. No offense, Liam. Okay. <laughs> yes, that's exactly right. It should be pointed out that his boss is, is English, and that's the legendary Liam. Hembo tweeted yesterday, the penalty kick shootout in soccer is the greatest climax in sports. Nothing else comes close. Always brilliant. Again, I believe his lack of willingness to defend that statement is the reason that he's not here today. My name is Greeny. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. More of this as we go. Zach Lowe on the way. Tweet of the day is from Buster and plenty of time for your calls. It's a Monday and I'm back and better than ever on ESPN Radio. 
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hey, Greeny, continuing to roll along with you here, presented by Progressive Insurance. Zach Lowe will join me in 30 seconds on the Goodyear hotline. I'm making people all over the world mad at me today, which is sort of a biannual tradition unlike any other with me. I'm happy to do it. And I'm happy to defend it. We'll continue with that in a moment. But right now, it is time for some straight talk. We've all been there. You have real work to do. But the free Wi-Fi where you're working isn't going to cut it. It's like leaving the winning, running, uh, winning runner stranded on third base. It's not good. Well, now you can be your own hotspot with Straight Talk's ultimate unlimited plan. Get 10 gigs of hotspot data for just 55 bucks a month. It's all on America's largest, most dependable networks. Straight Talk Wireless, no contract, no compromise. Compatible device required. See straighttalk.com. And for this Straight Talk, it is my delight, as always, to bring in my buddy Zach Lowe talking about the finals and more. Good morning, Zach Lowe. What's up, Greeny? How you doing? I'm doing great. And you and Brian Winhorst are putting out podcasts after every one of these finals games, which anybody pays attention already knows because you guys are absolutely the best with this. And, and, and let's talk about, obviously, the conversation today is all about Giannis. And I had Cassidy Hubberth on TV with me this morning, and I, I thought she, she said it in a really interesting way. She said that the, the prevailing thought on Giannis is, if he ever makes up his mind that he is much more like Shaq than he is like Kobe, then he can take this to another level. And I, when I say that, I wonder what thought goes through your mind. I've I've said the same version of that many times, except I, I guess I make it a little more modern and say more Anthony Davis, less LeBron James, but whatever way you want to cut it, it's about, hey, look, we've seen in the playoffs, giving the ball to Giannis at the top of the arc over and over and over again against great defenses when you don't have elite shooting at every position around him just isn't going to work because he doesn't have a jump shot. And yeah, he's going to spin and dunk and do some stuff and get his points, but on a team level, it's not going to work. But when you surround him with shooting and you make him a screen setter and you have him screen and roll to the basket, and that unlocks Chris Middleton as a ball handler, Drew Holiday as a ball handler, like when you mix it up, he doesn't have to become all Shaq. Just he can't just be all Kobe or all LeBron. It's got to be a mix. And the story of the playoffs, or one of the three or four big stories of the playoffs is, Giannis has found that mix. I got some numbers for you, Green. You want some numbers? Of course. So we have this fancy tracking data that can tell me how many times a player does pretty much anything during a game, including setting a pick for the ball handler. Okay. Giannis had nine of his top 10 games, nine of his top 10 games as a screen setter in his entire career have come in these playoffs. Mm. He's setting 30 picks per 100 possessions in the playoffs, 19 in the regular season. Those numbers are jarring. They are stark. And they show me a player who has said, okay, I get it. I'm buying in. And it's interesting because I feel that despite all the winning that they've done, 
the coach there and Mike Budenholzer has been criticized a lot for what they've done offensively and all of that. But how much credit does he get? I mean, obviously it, it begins and ends with Giannis, but if we're going to criticize the coach for all the things they seem to do wrong, you're telling me that they've made this adjustment and it is working. Do we give credit to the coach for that? I think, I think we should. And People on the outside, look, I think Bud has done some things wrong, and I think some of the criticism of him has been fair. But I, I think those of us on the outside think it's just, it's just easy. Like, you, get, you go to a two-time MVP and say, hey, instead of, you know, most MVPs who work from the perimeter, they dribble a lot, they take jumpers, they get to run the offense. Instead of doing that, how about you set, like, 50 screens a game and put your body on the line and you catch lobs and you seed control the offense to teammates who – don't who aren't as good as you who aren't two-time MVPs like people think that's one meeting and everyone shakes hands like oh that's easy let's do it let's go out the next game and do it and then it happens like that's a long hard process with any superstar player and it it just took it has took a lot of time and I think really what it took was okay two straight bad playoff losses and our backs are against the wall against Brooklyn like what do I need to do to get out of this series and that's what they did. They found it there, and now they were down 2 nothing in this series, and here they are coming off a big win last night in a couple of days between now and Game 4. This is for a player who was lying on the ground holding a knee that I think the entire world thought had gone on him. So the simple fact that he's playing at all, much less having back-to-back 40-point games, is remarkable. Zach Lowe is with me. So how do we take the temperature of this series now? 2-1 Phoenix, home team has won all three games how 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 do you take the temperature of these NBA finals right now? I think I think it looks like the series that frankly a lot of us expected it to be, which is two evenly matched teams who are similar in lots of ways, uh, who have some matchup advantages against each other. The home team has won every game. I mean, I said after the first two games, like don't pretend like this series is over. Like the Bucks have, have done some stuff in the first two games that's encouraging. Phoenix has shot a little better than you would have expected, and so it goes back to Milwaukee. And they win. Now, is Devin Booker going to go 3-14 of again? Probably not. But also, I think the Saric injury and, you know, Torrey Craig looked okay last night but didn't play all that much. I think that the depth issues for Phoenix are starting to match at least the depth issues for Milwaukee without DiVincenzo. And, like, every little nick you get kind of chips away at you. Yes, in, in, a, in a postseason that has been so defined by all the stars who have missed time, uh, at the end, it might come down to some players who are not household names whose absence might wind up making a difference. Greeny, Zach Lowe is with me here on the Goodyear Hotline, helping you discover the road ahead. Goodyear more driven again. He and Wendy putting out podcasts after every single one of these finals games, so you can check those out for all the discussion uh, that comes off of this. And how, how does the sort of lengthy wait now, do you think, impact all of this? Like this they're not going to play till Wednesday. If there is a game seven of these finals, it's still 10 days away. So there's going to be a lot of space between these games now after a very compressed regular season and postseason. How, if at all, does that impact things? I think it's good for both teams. It's hard for me to pinpoint an advantage because, like you said, we're like a week and a half away from thinking Giannis' season is over. Right. And so I have to think that every day he doesn't have to pound that knee over and over again is good for him. I think we saw Monty Williams last night telegraphing with the way he sat Booker at the end. The minutes load in our thin roster is starting to worry me a little bit. And I think the longer this goes, I, I, I mean, if, if Chris Paul is going to have to play 42 minutes a game and all these wins, and he didn't play that many last night because it was a blowout in the end, like we've seen him have injuries 
late in the playoffs before, and the, the harder the workload gets, the, the worse it is for everybody. So I, I think I think it's good for both teams. I, I, I don't think it's an advantage for one or the other. I think both teams, frankly, need it badly. I think it's – and hopefully it's good for quality of play. Yeah, and that would be the best thing uh, in it. And again, Giannis, I think putting on a show has been good for these finals so far. One last thought, Zach, and I grant that this is as far off of the topic as could be, but I do this all the time, and people are yelling at me like crazy on Twitter right now, and I'm, I'm, I'm about to ask you a question that you may have never considered in your life. But do you pay any attention to the international soccer, the Euros, which got decided yesterday? And if so, what do you think of penalty kicks as a way to determine the outcome of a game that means that much to that many people? So my wife is Croatian, and so I pay heavy attention to the international mm-hmm. soccer tournaments. Croatia got second in the World Cup three years ago, so I'm in. I'm watching a lot. Of, I'm, I have it on in the background a lot. I, like, what's, do you just play forever? I mean, I hate it, too. Greedy, I can't even watch them. And I've said before, if I were a soccer player, I don't care if I was the best player in the world. You got me the penalty kicks, I'd be like, Coach, let the other guys take it. I'm out. I'm not, I don't want anything to do with the pressure of taking these penalty kicks. So what? I guess I don't know enough about soccer to know, like, you can't just play forever. I, I guess you could do allow more subs and keep playing. Like, I, I, I don't like it. The tension is unbearable. It's a little bit phony, but what's the right what's the right solution? I guess. Well, I don't know, but every every and, and let me bring Nuno into this conversation because he too is is European and is defending the sport that he loves so much. And and I here's why people get mad at me, Zach, because they know I don't pay attention to this the rest of the time. I watch the World Cup. I, I got into the Euros here. I watch very little soccer, and so I parachute in every couple of years and try and tell them what they're doing wrong in the sport. And of course, I understand why people get mad at me for that. I totally do. But the, 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 the counter argument to that, Zach Lowe, is that maybe sometimes people are too close to something to recognize it. Like sometimes it's an outsider like me who needs to come in and say, you know, there's got to be a better way to do this. Because I agree with you that the, the tension of it, because it's so contrived, does become spectacular. But it's just a, if, if they decided if an NBA Finals game went to overtime and you're going to have one guy in each team shoot a foul shot until somebody misses one, like that just would be an unsatisfying way to determine a game to me. It would be exciting, right? Like you, Zach Lowe, would be on the edge of your seat talking about how exciting it was, but it doesn't mean it would be a good idea. Does that make sense? Yeah, um, I, I, I guess. You know, one time they did it in Summer League, Greeny, because they just want the games to be over with. I don't know if it was the first or the second overtime in NBA Summer League. They made sudden death first basket wins and it was awesome the entire crowd was super into it so those kind of gimmicks work but at least that was like regular basketball i I don't i I, it's not regular soccer but i'm like you i I don't know what the heck i'm talking about but it does feel like you just how can you watch the poor camera shots on the guys that miss it's i can't even watch it it's unbearable i know the last one was a 19 year old kid who goes up it wasn't even in the whole game and he winds up up there missing but but to your point Basketball instituted this in the summer league for the simple reason that they just needed to get the games over with as quickly as possible. This yeah. is this is a European championship that billions of people around the world have invested their entire lives into. I, I don't think that we need to get it over with as quickly as possible. I just don't know because of the limits. I don't know enough about the rules, but I know they have strict limits on the number of substitutes. And like, do you want to play these guys until they're absolutely fatigued and keeling over? Can you give them more subs? I, I want to give me, give me at least 15 minutes golden goal. They used to do golden goals in right. some tournaments where it would be, it was essentially sudden death. I don't know what happened to that. 
But I don't I feel like you. I'm a little too uneducated to start wagging their finger. But you're right. The outside person is the same thing in the NBA. Sometimes you see a columnist that's a generalist that covers every sport comes in for the NBA finals and asks the exact right question that all of us either sort of don't see because it's, it's, it's not the way we watch the game or we don't want to ask for whatever reason. And like that ignites the right kind of dialogue. Like you're absolutely right about the outsider's perspective. That is a great point. See, Zach, that's why you're better at this than I am. You're more diplomatic. You're not wagging your finger. You're just asking the question. Uh, I show up with a finger wagging today, but one way or the other, um, always awesome. As always, my friend, thank you. We'll check in later in the week after game four. See you soon, Greeny. Thanks. All right, that's Zach Lowe. Again, he and Wendy are putting out podcasts after every one of these games. And so, Nuno, jump back on the mic here. I want to tell you what happened. So when I made this initial comment, I did my commentary in the opening segment of the show today about my feelings for these penalty kicks. There was a large group of people in the room who were sort of watching and paying attention to the show. They were just here as a tour group, which parenthetically made me feel very good because it's the first time we've had one of those in a year and a half. So it was sort of a nice moment of normalcy. But... Anyway, we then engaged during the commercial break, they and I, in a little back and forth about this, and someone brought up a really good example, which is hockey. In the National Hockey League, the preeminent hockey organization in the world, in the regular season, because they just want to get the game over with and they don't want it to end in a tie, they play a shootout. But when they get to the playoffs... These games matter much too much to decide it with something as contrived as a shootout. So they go on, for, and sometimes forever. We've all seen, and we sit and wax rhapsodic about these, uh, the soccer, uh, the, excuse me, the hockey playoff games that go into a third overtime, a fourth overtime. Steve Levy is finally going to yell, there it is, <laughs> you know, when they score, which was, I remember so vividly back when we had the hockey, and now it's coming back. So to me, that feels like an excellent argument. Hockey, Nuno, does the shootout during the regular season, but in the playoffs when the games mean everything, they don't. What do you think of that? Listen, I love you know pl- uh, playoff hockey, but I don't think that just saying, hey, you're going to run these guys into the ground, you can add. They currently, you're, during the Euros, they were doing six substitutions if you went to extra time, five during the game, and then uh, you had an extra one. They gave you an extra one during uh during extra time. So I don't think there, if you give me a good reason or a good substitute for penalty kicks, I'm all in, I'm all in, but like, this is the best way to end it right now. Like you can't play for four hours. Cause there are games that they could play for four hours and no one's going to score. And then why wouldn't someone score if there was, they would change the strategy. I have to, well, believe. that's part of the problem. Like yesterday's game and, what happened, you know, England scores real real early, Luke Shaw, and then they parked the bus for for 88 minutes. Like, and, and a lot of teams will do that, and teams do that now to like, hey, let's just get to penalty kicks. I don't think that, like, right. I, I don't think there is a an actual good suggestion to, to overhaul going to penalties. I don't know, because every time someone tries to make an argument against me here, I feel like you're <laughs> further making my point. The and, fact and that there teams- is no argument. I think that's the problem, right? I And I'm and I'm struggling here to be like, it's almost being like, it's because, right? Like, when you were younger and you wanted to do something, your parents said no, and you'd be like, why? And they're like, because. And, like, and I feel right, like I get that, it. that's kind of where I'm at now, where it's just like, and it stinks. You know, as someone who loves Portugal, they've lost, you know, in 
in penalty shootouts and major tournaments where you know Cristiano Ronaldo would be the last guy and use uh, to go and he didn't get to it because the guys in front of him missed and you know poor Saka yesterday and I felt bad for Saka whom you know at 19 years old and misses that where other guys don't have the guts to say no no I'm gonna do this and he's willing to take that opportunity and obviously unfortunately he misses like that stinks but like this is the best it's exciting it's part of it I think it is exciting I'm not disputing that it is exciting I, I I'm Zach Lowe just said some things are so exciting I can't even watch them and I agree with that it's painful to watch I felt sick for those guys and they kept bringing up one younger guy by the way Nuno how young they keep bringing guys in there to take these penalties and they just kept getting younger and younger I was waiting for them to bring Williams kid out of the stands and let him shoot the next one what is he four years old in a suit watching a soccer game and 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 they could have brought him out they keep bringing everyone just kept getting progressively younger and younger as they were going out there with all the pressure and I did find myself I don't know enough about it to be asking this question intelligently but where the hell are the established stars from this team who played the entire game and then out there everyone's cheering for these Grealish and all these other well people. yeah it's it's part of it uh Garrett Southgate not to get too into the weeds but Garrett Southgate said he was the one that made the decision there are a lot of times that um the players they'll ask and to see which players want it uh I go back to 2016 when Portugal won the Euro in one of the games before the uh before the finals, they won in penalties, and they were trying to figure out, and Cristiano Ronaldo, as a true leader, turns to one of the players says, hey, you're going to take it. If you miss, screw it, we lose. Like, And they win. So a lot of times it is how guys feel if they're making eye contact with the coach um, and if they want to do it or not, and some guys just don't want to do it. Okay, I get all of that. Like, I don't want to get into – now we've sidetracked ourselves. So – That's not a topic I think most people listening to this conversation are interested in. But I think that people are interested in whether or not this is a good way to determine the outcome of these games. And and, and I would further, I think I can win this argument 100 out of 100 times. If the United States, which obviously were not nearly as good in soccer, was was in that game yesterday against uh, Italy, it would behoove us to play 11 guys on defense, right, and just try and hope because if, 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 if we play you straight up, you're going to beat us. But if we get to the penalties, we got a 50-50 shot of winning, then, then we are better off just playing defense the entire game. We'll just play 90 minutes, 120 minutes of defense, try and get it to the penalties because we can get this to a point. It's bad for the strategy. It, it, it detracts from the watchability of it. There's no argument that is ever going to All right, I, here's it. my argument here, and we'll end it here, is we would never have the Brandy Chastain 1999 moment that we had if we didn't have penalty kicks. No, but they might have won anyway. Yeah, I mean, probably not. Again, I understand that these are memorable moments, but not everything that is contrived is a good idea. All right, the, we're gonna have much more to get. I didn't get to half the things that I meant to there. So we've got a problem in baseball. It is very much on display this week. But as is usually the case, we don't point out the problems. We offer the solution. I will give it to you next after this word from ZipRecruiter. If you are a business owner who is hiring, it can feel like trying to find a needle in a haystack. But when you post a job on ZipRecruiter, their matching technology finds these qualified candidates for you and invites them to apply. In fact, four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. So while other companies give you too many options, 
ZipRecruiter finds you the needle in the haystack. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at this web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash Greeny. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash G-R-E-E-N-Y. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Back in a flash on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Roll along, Greeny, with you on ESPN Radio. My guest on the Goodyear Hotline, jam-packed. We are so much going on today as we have touched on international soccer. We've touched on an international superstar in the NBA. We didn't get into the Wimbledon stuff with the numbers coming out of that are incredible, but we're going to have plenty of time for calls a little bit later. But there's something I wanted to point out. I'll, I'll make this my baseball weekend recap, which is brought to you by Credit Karma. Visit creditkarma.com slash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Credit Karma money. Progress starts here. And in fact, I'm going to make this my favorite tweet of the when day. When you tweet all that stuff out, guess what? We got it. My favorite tweet of the day. And it comes from Buster only because, um, like you, I have been frustrated to watch all of the players in baseball who are choosing not to play in the All-Star game this week. And once again, I do not mean this as a criticism of them. Generally speaking, what the All-Star game has become, which is generally a meaningless exhibition that neither league anymore that used to be and I, I don't want to go through all the things that used to be because we've now raised I think an entire generation if not two of baseball fans who have no recollection of Pete Rose running over a player in the all-star game or of Dave Winfield playing 12 innings in an all-star game or of a time when there was legitimate pride over who won that because it was the only time that you would see the American League play the National League except for in the World Series those days are well behind us And there's no obvious reason to bring them up. It's a very long time ago. Most people who make up baseball's audience don't have any real recollection of that. So I'm not even going to get into that. It doesn't matter. But what I will say is, it is just a shame, as someone who likes the event, just would like have something exciting to watch tomorrow night. And and just as one who still sort of feels like the All-Star Game should mean something, to watch all these players who are choosing not to go. Now, again... This year, I'm willing to give everybody a pass for anything. I, I, I don't have a full understanding of just how different everything has been for all these guys because of COVID, but I'm sure there are a million reasons why having a few extra days off right now matter more to these baseball players than it ever has before. 
So I do not want what I'm about to say to sound as though I'm criticizing the players for choosing not to go. I get it. And were I to switch places with them, I might feel the same way. But this is why I thought Buster's tweet was a pretty good one. And I regret that Hembo isn't here to react to it today. But let me ask you, Nuno, what you think of this. Buster tweeted, a simple solution for players who don't want to participate in the All-Star game. In spring training, ask MLB and the Players Association to withdraw your name from consideration. That way votes can vo- uh, fans can vote for players who want to go and union brethren can get the support and the attention. That makes sense to me. If you don't want to go be a part of the All-Star game, if you are going to choose, you have to make that decision before the season starts and they won't put your name on the ballot. And so fans won't be wasting their time, energy, and money voting for guys, well, not money, but <laughs> their time and energy voting for guys who don't want to be there. Other players will get that opportunity to have their names on the ballot and, and, and to shine and get whatever attention that is. Um, and it, you just have to make that call at the beginning instead of now. It makes some sense to me. Nuno, what do you think? It does, but you, when you misspoke, you actually brought up the most important word, money. These guys have it in their – it's not like they're giving their bonuses back, right, That if they make the all-star team, right. even – so if like that's where you have to do it, and I don't know if the MLB MLB Players Union will allow it, where There's it's like be a way around that though. I hear correct. what you're saying. I, I do think that I believe if you're not going to show up, then you need to be like, hey guys, don't vote for me, don't put me on the ballot. Like it's ridiculous that you know fans are saying these are the guys we want to see right. because we think they've been the best players, and guess what? They don't show up. So let's solve that problem. So what is the answer to that, that that you would name a player an all-star without his being selected to play in the game? That's complicated. That That is not an easy solution. Um, someone check Buster's Twitter feed and see if he actually addressed that in a subsequent tweet, which I don't know if he did or he didn't. I saw this tweet. It just came across my timeline, and I immediately sort of earmarked it and said I want to do a thing on this on the show. And I will admit that I did not check to see if that – I'm sure someone brought that up to him in, or may have brought that up to him in, in subsequent follow-up tweets. So, so maybe he addressed that and already has the answer to it. One way or another, the general premise of this is that what you would like to avoid is this, is this impression that no one wants to be a part of this game. That, 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 that's the, what you're left with. You were left now trying to sell to fans a game, which, again, I'm not going to go down the, oh, what this game used to mean, wrote, because that, that's no up, there's no up. No upside in that. Who cares what it used to mean? It doesn't mean that anymore. It's never going to. So that's fine. But it is still it still can be an enjoyable event in the middle of a baseball season and the opportunity to see the game's best players competing on this one stage. And it definitely takes a lot of the wind out of the sails when the stories every single day in the buildup are, well, he's not going, well, he's not going, well, he's not going. If those guys weren't voted in in the first place and everybody who was selected generally went... I think it would give a little more momentum in the build-up to the game. We can find a way around the issue of the bonuses. I think you, Nuno brings up a good point. It is an issue, but I'm positive that we can find a way around it. If you ever miss anything on the program, by the way, I want to make sure you're aware of two ways to catch up anytime you want. We stream this show every single day on ESPN+. Plus. You can watch any time of day. We're also a podcast. Both hours are post, uh, posted daily as a podcast. It's called Hashtag Greeny, available anywhere you listen to your podcast. The poll question is next, and it's a good one because the answer is obvious. Don't overthink it. Next. 
Thanks for listening to Greeny, the podcast. You can get more from Greeny live weekdays at noon Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN News. And don't miss Greeny on Get Up every morning at 8 Eastern on ESPN. Greeny, the podcast.